you here to be you already know what time it is it's your boy mario the host with the mostest and i got some good news for you guys and some bad news too don't forget but you know we just see the bad news as another challenge to get better every day which one you want first i want the good news so the good news is your boy is actually employed so now he actually has some credibility to whatever he's talking about on the interwebs the bad news is hopefully my passport can come in shout out to usps i paid for overnight delivery i hope i get it and if i don't get a job it's on site not the workers i'm coming to the office straight up mark my words but anyways i got a little bit in store for you guys it's been a while and this is actually the first solo episode i've had in a minute I miss you guys. I miss these little one-on-one talks we have since the beginning. We probably only have three, but, you know, each one is special in my heart because I'm actually talking for more than 10 minutes or asking questions and whatnot. So I had a couple topics that I thought about over the past few weeks. Uh, I had some time to think, man. Funny story. I'm out here in Utah now. Uh, I left Atlanta. I left the broads. It just wasn't for me for the summer. I'm out here trying to find the power within, like I'm in SpongeBob or something like that. But I just couldn't do it anymore. What can I say that was wrong? Well, let's start with this. My last semester at Georgia Tech was probably my worst semester yet. And I can go along and blame COVID, you know, I could blame blue light, you know, I got this big ass 26 inch monitor staring at me all day and I'm staring at it talking about like, yo, who's going to go out first, you or me? Or I could blame, you know, unsympathetic teachers, but at the end of the day, you know, they're only doing their job in, you know, as much as I can hate on them for giving me a hard time. It's only allowing me to, you know, it's only sharpening my sword. So when I go out into the field, I can take all that bullshit and, you know, make something out of it. Uh, as far as my first couple of days of work, I haven't really faced that much BS from the crowd other than HR. I never knew HR was actually like, I'm not going to call you guys a bunch of bums. Like you guys working hard, but it's simple. All you got to do is send me the paperwork. And I'll fill it out and give it back to you in a timely fashion. Now, let me know if I'm wrong. Like, let me know if you have to do this in a timely order while we're coming into the office. But there should be no reason why I'm filling out forms that I could have filled out at home that, you know, you're sending me to the post office to go fill out. They could have been done and you could have been, you know, you could have had a full fledged employee on your hands. But now. The check is up in the air. But we're not really here for the check. It's about the knowledge. There's some things that, like, I really want to learn as a part of this uh, program. I'm out here working for a defense company out in Utah, and I, I don't know. I always picture myself working with cars. Maybe going to, like, GM or... Shout out to the Hellcat boys, you know, but Fiat, Chrysler, or whatever they are now. 
uh, I always saw myself, you know, doing something like that. I wanted to go into the motorsports field, but being more realistic, I'm probably going to have to start out, you know, working on consumer civilian production cars. And from what I knew in interviews and stuff like that, great stuff, you know, you're still innovating at the end of the day. And maybe this is just like my selfish, prideful, conceited 16-year-old self coming out. But, you know, I don't want to focus on like a bumper of a minivan for like a year or or headrest. I mean, even if, even if it is a transmission, you know, something tells me like, I guess it's, it might be because I, I've been around cars all my life and I had a, like a interest in faster cars that I was like, yo, I'm not working on no Chrysler Pacifica transmission, but on the meantime, I could still work on my rinky dinky Honda that pushes and shout out to that Honda. Uh, I actually drove all the way out here to Utah, whole 30 hour trip and whatnot with a few maintenance, you know, a few little maintenance jobs. We got it ready to roll. And this 2000, around 2000 mile journey was a breeze in the Honda. I mean, my leg kind of still hurts. My stomach can't take that fast food anymore. I, I mean, I was mostly cooking. I was still religiously like a Chick-fil-A eater, Chick-fil-A red. But uh, I still cooked at home pretty often. My roommate, Nas, shout out to Nas. He, he also cooked as well, so like. Eating homemade food was not an issue at all. My stomach was feeling full. And traveling on the road, I can't even remember. I mean, for the most part, I ate like Chick-fil-A. Probably went to a couple restaurants out in Colorado. And that was it, pretty much. And I come back here, and my stomach is dying, yo. Stomach is dying. My stomach was punching me like Canelo. And... I don't know what's up. I thought I had COVID. And speaking of that, like, here is so different. COVID, like, I, I, it's not like COVID doesn't exist out here, but, you know, cases are going down. So there's not really a mask mandate. You know, you wear a mask if you want to. So it's interesting. It's interesting. You know, I'm out here in nature. It's a different type of skyline. I'm surrounded now instead of with, you know, buildings, trees, and ratchet people. I'm, you know, I'm out here in the mountains. I'm surrounded 360 view by an entire mountain range known as the Rockies. It makes me feel like I'm in exile, but I kind of sent myself here to do that. And hopefully as I continue this trip, I can, you know, impart some of the things that I learned throughout it to you guys. So hopefully it helps you guys out in life. But without further ado, let me get into some of these topics, starting with my semester. So I'm going to be real. I had a 2.56 GPA. And you could laugh. I would laugh at myself too. Shit. Like, what the fuck were you doing? And, you know, reality is I was, I was trying hard. I could have spent more time on my work. But, like, mentally, it was it was almost like my mind was 
having like it was just separating creating like a fission not nuclear just fission like it was splitting into two i had to either you know force myself to trudge on staring at a computer stuff like that or logging into an office hours where my professor wasn't even there and i you know i could still be proactive but i also had to take care of myself like i'm not the type of person that and not to take it like not in a prideful way at all but I'm not the type of person that takes breaks that much. Like when I take breaks, it's for a long period of time. And I know myself, like if you, if you give me some free time, I will use all the free time. You know, my mom used to give me summer school work. As soon, I would finish that early, get up, do what I had to do early so I could spend the rest of the day relaxing. I'm trying to do that now as I get into this work-life balance. And, you know, it's not always possible. So you got to find times in between to be able to do what you want to do. And that's not what I was normally programmed for. And when it came to school, you know, I tried it. I tried it. You know, I tried to give myself an hour or so, you know, go do my thing or whatever. I could watch TV. It worked. And it wasn't like I was like not getting on my any of my classes. I was learning this material. And for those of you that are engineers or you are into the STEM fields. I was taking thermodynamics, uh, systems, system dynamics to be precise, um, design and manufacturing, which is basically an overview of all the materials, constraints, uh, optimization for certain manufacturing processes, depending on the material that you're using and what you wanted exactly pretty interesting classes and I actually like out of all three years that I've been in college I actually enjoyed these classes the most like I paid a lot of attention to them I understood the material but they they were so loaded and each structure was different each structure was different and you know I planned ahead I'm like I'm Mario is no stupid bitch And I'm not talking about girls. I'm just saying, like, he's not just lollygagging and, you know, figuring, you know, I'm, I go to Georgia Tech. I must be smart. If there's a will, there's a way. You know, God's on my side, but he's not going to do it for me. I got a plan for myself. So I had the calendar on deck. I had every test on deck. I went into the semester thinking, yo, we're on schedule. We're going to do the thing. Little did I realize, one, you might be on schedule, but your professor is not. And you have to learn how to circumvent around that. And I think one of the biggest takeaways I learned about college is like, as smart as you are about a certain subject, you have to learn how a professor is and how he teaches early or else you will be stuck catching up to him. And it's not like you can play the fair card or not, especially when you're at Georgia Tech. If you're at, if you're at a STEM school or any engineering school, you know these dudes play on their own rules because they were doing this bullshit too at one point in time. And now they're, they might be bitter. They might be reverent and want to teach the next generation. You know, we got some young master splinter professors out here and they're cool. They're dope. It's just like explain it, like, like, let us know that 
You just want us to get better. Don't come in there like the first day and be like, all right, guys, you know, let's get into the lecture. Tell us we got homework due on a specific day every week. And then you change the date. That's what happened to me. And because of that, I wasn't able to catch up to that fast enough. And I'll tell you, I think it was March. I got into March. I was cruising along. I was doing all right. I had stats as well. I forgot to tell you guys, but that was in the mix too. Not the class I love. But anyways, it was about March. I was in the swing of things. I think first, like I'm doing my homeworks well. I miss, I'll admit in thermo, not my best attentiveness or in thermo, I, I missed the homework that I did. I just didn't submit it. And that's one of the problems that, you know, I catch myself on is that sometimes I'm working so fast that I forget to do the little things to actually complete the mission. But I did everything else. I checked all the other boxes except, you know, return the project to its rightful owner. So I dropped the ball on that one. It was it was two homework, so it wasn't crazy. And then the rest of the one, you know, I did my thing. Um... But in one of my classes, I, you know, I was just going through the motions, doing my thing. It was actually systems. And all of a sudden, after one week, one week, maybe halfway into the semester, the homework days are just moving around out of nowhere, you know, test day here, test day there. And you're just saying, you know, I dropped the homework and it's up to the student, you know, I spend a lot of times and, you know, leave a like in the comments if you feel like this too. Leave a like or share. Uh, why do I say leave a like in the comments? And sometimes, like, sometimes, and uh, subscribe to the podcast if you feel this too, but sometimes I feel as if there, like I, I look at myself and I'm like, yo, is it something wrong with me? Like I, I should be, I should have known to do this because I'm looking at it and I see the assignment on Canvas or whatever, and you know, it's it's my responsibility to know when the due date is, and it's not up to him to you know tell us, but when it's defined that you know it's due a certain day, I'm assuming it's due a certain day. And that just, you know, adds to the structure of college. But when it's moving all around, you got a lot of moving parts. So what happened to me is one week I walk into a week where all of a sudden I went from leaving a a quiz, like a two quiz week into a three exam, one quiz week. And I'm like, you know, I, I, I got this. I got this. You know, I'm going to go do my thing. And I'm still recording the podcast at this time. I can't remember when this was exactly. Um, yeah, I can't remember which episodes these were between, but what had happened was I was, I was chilling. I was like, yeah, I got four exams in a week. I'm like, bust it. I get into the first exam. I'm like, all right, cool. Let me, you know, did it, studied, had a lot of time. All right. Get into the next exam or yeah. So I was studying. I studied for the first exam. Well, uh, study for the second exam like day before the first one. And then the day of the first one after I took that exam, 
and then I have a third one and then all of a sudden there's a homework in the middle of the week that I don't have on a test week so we have homework and we have a test and then I just didn't understand how that how I could have like such an overlap so luckily you know my teacher was graceful at the fact that I have three exams in the week but in like it was just moving too fast and I was mostly focused on the test and the quiz. And luckily, I'd gone through them and I'd done decently. I'd passed them. I know I passed them. But work for the future. Like, I know colleges prepare us for the future or prepare us for higher workloads that are expected of us because, you know, we went through this regular curriculum. But if you have a homework and a test in the same week, how much more assessment are you going to get? But on the other hand, and now that I look on it in hindsight, and I was upset on myself finishing this semester, how could I, how could I heal my body fast enough to, you know, how could I heal my mind fast enough to go back into to go into a week like that and come out and still be able to go on, you know, do my usual. And it wasn't like I had missed a beat, but mentally, I don't even think I, I was on autopilot. So once that week finished, you know, I guess I still I knocked out a lot of recordings. So a lot of the episodes that you guys heard, I I had knocked out, you know, early, maybe January, February, had one in March, one in April. And then by then it was just about editing and I was working with rag shout out to Ragstar on opening his label up for the summer. So it was, we were mostly in like the preliminary stages, nothing too crazy, but you know, it, it showed me that like, I feel it made it seem as if, the society had forces you or it really wants you to pick like a certain route and I can see like especially when think about it like in preschool somebody maybe a preschool teacher kindergarten teacher usual question what do you want to be when you grow up I can't even remember I hmm, a president a race car driver I probably said a race car driver or like a firefighter, or I was probably BSing them because I was like, what kind of question is that? But think about a question as if like, what are you trying to be? And they make you fall into a certain identity that I want to be this person. Not as you grow up, you know, that idea of a person becomes more complex, but it's still that one person. And I hear in the news all the time, or I don't hear in the news all the time, but it, you know, I hear prevalently in on the internet or especially talking about mental health, about like identity crises or seeing your favorite or popular rapper, singer, artist, any celebrity that you know for this one thing and they start falling off because they're just not 
they can't keep up with the times because all industries keep on moving and innovating. That's essentially the one thing that is constant with all of them is they all change to accommodate with the times. Oh my gosh. Hello guys. Post office calling me. Hopefully I get my package back. Like I'm really, I'm really hoping cross your fingers guys. All right, guys, as I was saying, so you ever think about it in preschool when they ask you how, like, what do you want to be in life? And, you know, my eyes, I thought I, I probably said I was going to be a race car driver. I was going to be like a, I never said an engineer. I never, that was probably like middle school. And then at that point I was dead set on it. But, you know. Some people want to be doctors, firefighters, race car drivers, actors, whatnot. And for sure, some of you are probably out here living your dreams, doing exactly what you said you were going to do in high school. It's just a lot more prevalent to see, especially on the web or on social media, like you see your favorite artist or actor any type of celebrity they might fall off from their former glory after being like super hard being king shit to struggling doing you know god knows what i mean it's not god knows what but you could see it in broad daylight that they're doing everything to you know hold on to a little bit of that stardom that they still had because they only see themselves as that guy, as the guy. Think about if you guys ever watched Spy Kids, remember the guy? We ain't see the guy the entire movie. He comes in talking about, I'm a guy. Everybody's like, yo, it's the guy from the cover. And I know how you, you all know that feeling when you see the car on the cover of the game or, you know, the character in the cover of the game or something like that like it's always there there's always that one signature item that everybody knows about because like that's what the game was branded on so the guy comes in and spy kids tries to open the door and dies at the closet like he opens it and then dies as soon as he gets there but he was the guy now all morale is going in the team they out here figuring out like what to do and they out here downplaying Junie because the guy died and Junie was not the guy. They thought Junie was the guy at first, but then they seen him and lost all faith in him. And then when the guy died, they quickly turned on back to Junie. I feel in a much smaller scale that happens in everybody's life. And because of what was going on with me in school and my performance, it was like, I love this stuff, but... I'm not seeing my performance being a, a proportional to my attentiveness and my eagerness to learn what's going on in the course. And I can say some of that is down to my older study habits. I'm pretty much like a read-through textbook, read-through slides type of person. You know, use the homework as studying use the slides as studying type person instead of going to extra problems. And now I kind of learned my lesson, you know, I'll go do extra problems, but it, it just doesn't cut it in college at all. And I'm surprised it's lasted me this long, 
But I guess I have to be more proactive in doing and looking for a challenge to be able to understand the concepts. And I still think like one question I always ask myself: Can I be mad, or can like am I to blame when a concept that we never learned shows up, or when the they try to test like your advanced knowledge of a subject, but it it is like grazing outside of the scope of what we learned? Can I be mad that like is it right that I'm mad at myself to? not be able to answer those questions but at the end of the day like I expect much more from myself like I can't it, it it bothers me because I can't let it go I can't just be like you know it's somebody else's problem or it's there it's done like I'm almost like a basketball player losing the finals like I expect to be back there in that same exact situation to body it with a cold face like Derrick Rose and I just don't think that's proportional to academia or entrepreneurship because you're always going to fail and it makes me question the testing system I'm not saying that you know we shouldn't have tests and blah 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 blah. like you need that pressure that pressure needs to be there for a reason otherwise we're just going to be stuck doing homework using Chegg and we don't know any better. You need to present that, you know, immediate pressure to see what that person really could do in that situation. I think, and I think I could do a lot better. I've seen myself do a lot better on testing quizzes and stuff like that. But I don't know, man. Is it the blue light? Is it, is it life? I don't know. I went through, during my semester, I could say, I was losing faith in society, man. I bet you a lot of you guys can tell in the podcast. I, I just felt like a hater. I felt like I was on one of those Manosphere channels. Almost, I was watching a lot of Kevin Samuels, so maybe it reflected. You know, the subconscious mind takes up a lot, and they always ended up in my recommended. I know some of the ladies listening to this are probably turned off. Not, I respected some of them in some aspects, but domineering over women no but I at least expect a sort of fairness and now I'm seeing so much that you know everybody's here for themselves in the world no problem with it at all but is there a line where we can coexist and either benefit people's lives that you want to be in or be neutral in someone's lives like is there a different is there an unavoidable transaction to care about yourself at the cost of someone else's well-being it made me think a lot and I'm not the type of person that you know new year cut every i'm cutting people off like if you ain't see this message just know that it was you not one of those type of people at all but i understand that i'm not i'm just not that type of guy and i understand you know there's 
a lot of smart, talented, wonderful, nice people. But COVID's only shown me that it's shown me, and hopefully it's not true. Hopefully I'm proven wrong. But a lot of people are only nice to get what they want. And it can switch up on you as, as soon as, like, what they want is gone. And I know everybody makes mistakes and stuff like that. But I think, when, especially when you have friendships or partnerships in business, like, every decision that you make that could possibly affect the other person in the relationship should be taken into account. And if you're not taking it into account, that relationship is botched. And you either need to meet with that person and, I guess, set new boundaries, rediscuss terms, or end it. Because staying there longer than you need to is not going to help anyone. It's only going to make the conversations just feel awkward and bitter and the energy's off. And we really don't need that now. Uh, I was in a place where I was really drunk. I can't say. With a more adamant, stern attitude, I grew up, I guess a lot of my, the way I think and how I learned how to do things came from almost like drill sergeant, mean coaches type thing. And like, I love them to death, but... They were stern-ass people because that's how life was. I guess it, I thanked them because, you know, I'm not too surprised by the things that happen now. It happens, I can get mad at it, but am I going to shut down for it? No, because it's a recurring pattern that I've seen all the way through my life. And one thing I want to get better at is being able to express that, to express how the advice I'm trying to say in a constructive attitude to be because they they don't all function, you know, from the same type of teaching techniques that I do. And one thing I want to get better at is being able to, I mean, I'm no teacher. Shout out to Mr. Wilson again. But I at least want to be able to part some things on people that actually take fruition in their lives when they really need it. But if you don't want to listen to that help. I'm starting to also not give a fuck. Like, I was really adamant on like pushing how to help my friends and do these. Like, let's be more proactive. Uh, let's start working on ourselves. And I've seen some of it. I've seen some of it, like, come to fruition. And now, you know, me and my squad are out in the hyperbolic time chamber, as we call our summer 2021 Fuck hot girl summer, y'all got it. We in the hyperbolic time chamber. But we just I just saw more opportunities to grow. It's like I got a smart group of guys and gals around me. And we just need to put our mind to it. Society's not gonna help us get to our greatest. You really gotta make it happen for yourself and you know put that mindset and apply it 
into your everyday life all the time. Like, you really got to be thinking about your next five moves, but at the same time, focused on part one or step two, step three, wherever you're at and putting your your all into it. Um, so with that said, you know, I was upset how my semester ended because I felt as if I poured a lot into people instead of myself. And that's not to come at you guys and say, you know, I was just out here trying to lift you guys up. I was never mad for doing a podcast. I could never be mad for doing a podcast. Shit, I'm the one who, you know, invested all the equipment to, you know, be here talking today. It's never you. But I feel I can't. There's some things that there's a level of advice that I haven't even been able to translate on the podcast except for when I'm with guests that or when I'm around like my friends and people that, you know, I genuinely fuck with that I actually put that time in. And when I don't like when it's not necessarily negative feedback, but like mm, you could say occasionally sometimes it's just like, oh, you know, I'm doing my thing. You're doing your thing. And I'm like, cool, 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 cool. And I was like, I just wanted to, you know, get rid of that tendency to actually be able to put forward, you know, this type of help towards one and first myself. And I, for you guys, I'd say always think about yourself first because at the end of the day, you are the only you you got. And I'm not going to say don't trust people. Because you, I think you need a, you need to be able to trust people to be able to learn and grow. Whether those relationships blossom or you know, they eventually hit the end of the road and you receive pain from it. But both sides of it allow you to grow in some way, shape, or form. Um, but I guess you have to learn how to help yourself first, and then be able to know. I guess I wanted to get into a notion of just dropping seeds. And if you don't take the seed, like, shit, it died. But we still got plenty more trees out here. Let's start a fire. Some of you guys will grow. So as I come off of this bad semester, now I'm coming to actually do, you know, mechanical engineering work continue this podcast and actually be able to put in more hours because I mean I have a lot more time on my hands I'm not doing school from like nine to seven and being tired because I got like four or five classes in the day while I do have a summer school class uh it's only one so I plan to you know put out a lot more episodes possibly have you know be at least be recording once or twice a week where I'm able to talk about what's going on and then also work on like the art I finally realized how to get high quality art through like photoshop I've been hoeing you guys I'm sorry but in other news um you just gotta look you keep looking forward 
the failures are there and I've learned from them definitely but you, you gotta bite the bullet you know you get shot in the chest keep pushing like Wolverine or something like that even if you don't feel like it just what helps me is usually like taking a deep breath and thinking you that guy but maybe I watch too much anime but next story we on to the more investing side of things I've heard Ethereum has broken four grand. Everybody wants to talk about cryptocurrency. I mean, I'm so happy that everybody's now investing. So I honestly started skimpy, you know, stupid investing around like 13 when I lost the biggest opportunity of my life with Sony, with the PS4. But I don't hate on it. And I'm excited that there's a lot more people to talk about stocks with now, but read it up. Read it up, god damn it. Please understand what you're getting into. Because, like, just because it hit for a grand and just because you hear the good news, this goes out to all my 16 through. Well, can you even get a Robin Hood at 16? I don't even fucking know. Your mom could probably get you one of your dads or something. But if, you, if you're young and getting into investing, word of advice is to not look at you know the social and i'm not i'm not coming at you if you on discord you know at your on your stock discord servers and whatnot like applause to you because you you get in you just getting a whole lot of information but it's kind of hard to compile all that information into a viable strategy that you know you could help it so you know i'm no stock expert Take in mind, I'm no SEC, I'm no Wolf of Wall Street, I'm no Warren Buffett. But in my few years that I've spent actually like looking into stocks and stuff like that, strategy is key. This is a game of probability. Even if, you know, you see the next gold mine, you like, yo, they have this much amount of money, like they're using their financials splendidly splendidly their accountant is swimming in it right now and you know they have the best tech out there they're really out there ready to change the world they could be the next apple or whatever this is a markets game this is institutionalized investing if goldman isn't putting their money in it if blackrock isn't putting any money in it if these if these billionaires ain't putting their money in it most likely it will not make money sometimes they choose what wins and what doesn't based on what it ha- based on the money and that's when that's when business financials and stuff come into cuz once you have their money going in then it's like make sure this company is stable and especially if you're trying to invest long term you know you got to make sure one they have that that funding especially on the more institutionalized investor side the bigger firms they're going to look at the financials and they're going to see like, yo, quarter by quarter, are these financials going up, down, whatever, and why? So as fruit for thought, I think that's the first thing everybody needs to do is see where those big guys like, remember the GameStop crunch? Uh, that happened because institutionalized investors are taking money out. And then luckily Wall Street bet shorted them and, you know, they made their money. 
or not, they didn't short them. They just started buying a whole bunch of shares and rose the price. And that guy went out of business because the price went up. You know, RIP that investment firm, whoever you are, hats off to you. Can't even say you weren't smart. You just got played by the internet. There is a degree of uncertainty in this all. That's why most people consider stocks like gambling. Because it's really, there's no, unless you're not even that. Like I said in the beginning, it's a game of probability. You won't always know what's going to work. Even if you have, you know, 80% chance of success, 70% chances. It's all a percentage. It's never going to be 100%. It's really a strategy game. Now, as far as crypto, you know, it's a whole different playing field because this is all decentralized. And one, you know, other than Bitcoin, a lot of these aren't really like tangible projects that you could trade your coins for. Like, let's say you go, one big one that I know of is Decentraland. Uh, well, the project's there and it's tangible. Like, you, you don't, the coins aren't exactly like, transferable into other currencies unless you like sell it and liquidate your assets you know stocks are tangible as a stakeholding in the business whereas this is a stakeholder in the blockchain but a lot of these are represented as like coins or alternative currencies the only one you could buy stuff with is bitcoin and that's because this market cap is absurd. Doge, I think they're letting some people buy stuff with Doge, but Doge wasn't even supposed to be here. And now look where this at. Now people are talking about a dollar, and I probably will invest in it too. But quick little hint or nugget of, I guess, assertion. This is what I've seen. But... Basically, it's kind of the format of the market or the way this market is now is kind of different because at one point, Bitcoin and Doge were going up, which is contrary to my my predictions. I think Bitcoin is on one side of it. Bitcoin and the other top 10 coins, excluding Doge, are one side of it. And then Doge and the other altcoins are on the other side of the game. As you get more news about Bitcoin, and I know, it, and we'll get into this later, but Bitcoin is reaching its uh, its limit of the amount of coins that it can produce in the market. So gladly, I'll be able to get my graphics card soon. But anyways, they're, they are part of the bigger side of crypto. So you got Cardano or Cardano, you got Ethereum, you got Bitcoin. Then you got, you know, Dogecoin. Uh, what's the other one? You got your Doge. I think there's the other one called like XLR or something like that. And, you know, your Decentralands, your, I don't know, whatever little thing you said was going to blow up. Hold up. My boy told me about one. I'm like, yeah. He told me about one of them. From what I've seen is as the news comes in about Bitcoin or you see the miners going in a little bit more heavily, like right now we're in a graphics card shortage because people are mining out the wazoo. And I'm just trying to get a 
make a like personal PC so I can, you know, have faster moving Adobe. But you see that happening, you get more bigger guys like Elon and Jeff investing money into Bitcoin. It's gonna go up. And it's not so much about, you know, Bitcoin is this amazing currency, but it's the fact that more people are putting their trust into the decentralized banking system. So it's going to, you know, as that trust goes up, the price will rise. And it, I'd say big, uh, cryptocurrency is a lot more volatile than regular the regular stock market as we know it. So you'll see those massive gains, which is great. You know, I've been able to eat some... Some of you have been able to eat some. Maybe you're a thousandaire now. You know, if you're still in Atlanta, you probably went to Cheetah or the Diamonds and threw it up a little bit with the Bitcoin money. But on the other end, as uh, as you get that hype going, more people are going to believe crypto is the next big thing. And it's going to replace the dollar, which... Hmm, that's a that might be a whole another story for another day because I have my thoughts about that. But more people are going to think crypto is going to replace the dollar, and then as that trust, as that I guess as that trust and the hype gets to a peak, you start seeing the altcoins, you start seeing Doge, because at that point they're like, yo, anything is about to pop. You get. Everybody and their mom on it now. That's when you see a whole bunch of new people popping out. Like, yo, I invested in this. I got Doge. I got XLR. I got Ethereum. It's like cool, great. But you bought it when it was already. It's already grown five hundred percent, four hundred percent. So then you have these ones like Doge. Now, you know, for example, what is it? Two weeks ago. It went from, it went from like, like thirty eight or forty cents to seventy two. I think now it's back down to like fifty or something like that. But like, yeah, then you have that, and once you hear people talking about like Doge going to one ten, and not saying that it's not going to one ten, not saying that Bitcoin's not going to hit a hundred k, but it just doesn't go to the moon. Instantly, it's kind of it's hills and valleys. I'm out here in the Rockies. There's hills and valleys to it, and then eventually one day, you will see the biggest mount. You will get to Mount Everest of crypto, and then we'll hit a crash because you'll see those bigger vendors take their money out. Because there's no no more room to grow, as long as there's still not a a fully regulated or not regulated because it's decentralized, but a functioning system to be able to uh, incorporate everybody into this crypto world where you can buy, sell, trade crypto physically to live your everyday life at this point there's a lot of things that you can buy and you and buy through crypto but there's still a lot of things that you can't like you can't a lot of small businesses still don't support crypto 
So it's not exactly like I can go and say I'm a millionaire because I got like 6,000 Bitcoin and buy a Lamborghini. Now, I know one dude that's done that on YouTube, but it's just not, it's not a simple process. It's not like handing somebody cash or giving them your debit card or scanning your phone. And that transaction can occur every day, 365. And until then, there will be a point where the hype is, especially now, you know, it's the same thing with stocks. There's a point where the price isn't justified by what's going on in the market and where the project itself is at. So you'll see a staggered rise in Bitcoin. You see after that, you'll get a little offset and then Doge and the altcoins go up. And you see Doge is the first. I mean, Bitcoin is the first to fall a little bit. But Doge, since it's a smaller coin, it costs less. You'll see it drop. You'll see it drop a lot. You might lose some cash or whatever. But again, it's not even a penny stock. It's not like a micro penny or whatever. And I mean, there will be another chance to make it back. Same with Bitcoin. But you just... Larger cap, so you probably put a little bit more money into it. But take that to indicate where you want to enter into these cryptos and when you want to exit out of them. And I'm not saying, you know, put all two grand or five grand in and then take out that same investment, take out all of that same investment. Eat your profit, like get some of your profits out, get some of your profits out. Don't take out everything because you never know what's going to happen. You always want to stay in a position where you were in the, you were in the green. You don't just want to take away, like if you were first in the race, do you want to take two pit stops lap after lap? No, you're going to lose your spot. Next thing about crypto do not let those taxes eat you up. And I don't know if this is everybody. I don't know if this is anybody at that. But the quick the quick money doesn't mean a quick transaction. Now, liquidating your cryptos is a whole different ordeal. As, and especially when you're on something like Robinhood, like, there's a lot of tax, especially when you, to all you guys that's making over 2500 off this stuff. Get up on your taxes. Get up on your tax info. Hit up some Wikipedia. No, don't even hit up Wikipedia. You could look this up. Just go to the IRS. Look at all the tax forms. Look at this. Look at that. You could even ask Robin Hood. Search through there. You know, get, get acclimated to all this tax info. This will help you out a lot because that number that you see in your profits and your gains is not your absolute number, what you're going to take out, especially if you're 2,500 plus. The government wants their money too. They helped you. They allowed you to be in a system where you could profit like this. You should damn sure know they eat into. And if they not eating, they taking your property. Or they looking for you. And you don't want to be looked for. I promise you that, boy.
But I mean, if you're one of the ones that got this all figured out, then damn, come on the podcast. Let me know. Subscribe and send a review saying that you know I be doing this. I'd definitely love to know and have a conversation with you so we could actually get it a little bit deeper. I don't. I'm still fairly new in crypto. I want to start investing more into it over the summer, but I'm still majority a stock guy. I'm still going to put like more than 60% of my funds into stocks because that's what I know best in investing stocks and ulterior assets such as sneakers and stuff like that. Like I know those things way better than I know crypto. I wasn't really in the, I was a web surfer, but not, I wasn't surfing the web like this. Like, shout out, my boy Cam, shout out to him. He knows a lot about this stuff. And he's on these websites. And I'm like, bro, how are you finding these? Like, he's a CS guy, so beats me. But next story, and last probably, I want to talk about a dude that I seen on YouTube. So he's another Manosphere, I guess, guy. So, Manosphere, Red Pill, whatever you want to say, you know, ooh, you guys are lame. All you guys want to do is degree lame. But, like, I do believe there is a... You're correct in that some of the ways that like, these men with platforms express what helped them in life is not necessarily, like, the most respectful thing, especially, like, women. On the money aspect of things... You, you know it requires an edge because at the end of the day money is a tool and you need to learn how to use that tool and to to correctly be able to live the life you want but as far as the women's side yeah some of these guys are a little bit more aggressive and it's kind of hard to differentiate when people are being disrespectful to you or when like they're just trying to educate you on some things that line has definitely been blurred by the manosphere so today I bring you guys Man With Game. Man With Game was this little UK youth investing in crypto. Young YouTuber had a Patreon account doing the investing thing, doing classes and whatnot. And shout out to everybody, you know, if you're out there getting money, especially him, he was like 18. This guy is young, too young. And I was, I was, I was loving this guy. Like he, he had that. He definitely brought out Kevin Samuel's energy, but it was more comedic for me than to listen to it. And I know, you know, back to the whole subconscious thing, I, it's probably not like the best thing for me. There's a lot of stuff in society is just like, just some garbage, for lack of better words, to be able to, or they, they feed a lot of like things that are more toxic on other people's lives than their own. Cause you know, he's out here profiting off of it. You know, telling Telling guys stories about how first you you would have clip arts of girls and be like yeah you know she taught me off and we only known each other for five minutes never we seen like thirty seconds of the girl and then all of a sudden he's out here talking about first of all he'd be like you know I did it I'm a man you know gang gang you know it's nothing to me. Mate, you need to get your bread up, you know. I don't even care about these women. Then why'd you even post a video with the woman on it talking about what you did? If you about this money, 
and it's something I need to work on as well. Like, if you're about this money, you know, you don't mix work with pleasure. But anyways, man with game, you know, he, he, was, he was on top of it. There was something about him that was, he was a little bit more on the pushier side. Because, again, like, he has these courses for investing. And I'm not always fond of it because they're not necessarily experts. They've made money for themselves with crypto or investing or whatever. But that doesn't automatically mean you, like, teach or replicate it and everybody's going to have success. As far as having a thing, you know, it's up to how hard they work in developing a strategy for themselves. But I don't know how he did it. I can't explain it. If he's doing, like, one-on-one coaching or not, you know, that's one thing. But if you're just providing a course and, like, do this, 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 make some money, it's a whole different thing. You know, getting 30 minutes on a call, I might be I an hour on a call, I might be I. But, again, you're paying for a man's time who simply was in the same place as you and decided to do something with him. I mean, you can expedite. You can expedite your learning process because time is money and money is time. But would you rather learn from a guy who's an investment banker or, you know, random you off YouTube? All right, so on a further note, so man with game... I logged on to YouTube maybe like Sunday and I'm seeing my dad called the police on me and whatnot. I'm like, man with game. What's up? So I'm looking at the video and there's a like I'm looking through the description to see like what exactly is happening. And then I see uh, in the related like this man is there's another video of him in like a blank room. This isn't his usual setting. He's talking about Yo, they, you know, police came to my house, took me out. They, uh, I'm just having a really bad time now. And he's going through it, yo. Like, you could tell he just had a, he didn't have the best home situation. And it affected him mentally. So back again to understanding that your mental has a lot to do with, like, how you fare in life, take care of it. Well, you have to have that sturdy mentality, but take those breathers to see where you are and see if that's really where you want to be. So man with game ended up in like rehab. He was talking about how he went to juvie a few times dealing with his dad, all these problems. And now he's, he's in rehab. They got him on drugs. Cause you know, he's having, I, he said in the past he was having suicidal thoughts and stuff like that. And like my heart reaches out to him. If he ever gets to this, like, you know, you know, I'm praying for you, man. Hope you get out there, and I hope you know you get healthy. So I want to know exactly like how he ended up getting to this point. Looking through the comments, I find another link, and it's man with game in his room. And the description says like man with game has a mental breakdown and blah blah blah. You don't see his dad in any of this video. You just see me. Buddy is just. Hitting the window with a shoe, breaking it, hitting his door, like, like, denting and tearing through his door. His whole room is rearranged, and he's listening to Bob Marley doing it. Young kid flexing in front of the camera. At one time, he grabbed his pee-pee, and I was like, man, what's the game? 
on YouTube? On YouTube, I had to look at this through a secondary channel. That means it definitely got striked before. Like, and he was going on the same tear about, like, how his dad is abusing him. He's not taking it. And the police are coming in his door, and he, he's explaining, like, yeah, man, he's abusing me or whatnot. But especially if you want to, like, you, you posted this. And if you posted this, like, you at least want your side of the story to be justified and explained but all we see is man with game going wild he said that his dad tried to hit him with a bat and he punched the bat but man with game is going ballistic and i understand like you know especially in situations like that you're not there's a point where you you can't be a pussy boy anymore and sit scared like if you really was somebody with a mentality like that he's gonna he's gonna retaliate at least stand up for himself but this was self-inflicting. He damaged his whole room up. You know, he was saying that he had a whole... He had a... What was it? He was, he was just saying, like, he's just been going through domestic disputes for years, and... He wouldn't leave the house even though he was making a lot of money because, like, it's just, I mean, it's hard when it's your your peeps, it's your pops. It definitely puts you, me at a crossroads, too, thinking about it because, you know, I would never, even if it was for my own betterment, is going to leave my parents and, like, abandon it. It's a very hard decision to make. So I kind of resonate. I, I can kind of see like where his headspace was at, where he he didn't necessarily want to leave because, you know, you don't want to leave your family behind, even if they're doing you wrong, or he could be scared about what's happening, or what could happen if he leaves. But he he had money or whatnot. Oh, uh, shows me like. All in all, it showed me a lot about myself and how I think about situations when I've been wrong. You know, I'm quick to, you know, get into Sasuke mode thinking, you know, I hate all. There's someone that I need to kill. And, you know, just go dark, waiting for all the power to come to me or searching and finding that power to overcome my demons but it's like anger hatred i feel it but this is the you know sometimes especially in our 21st century world i'm starting at least i see that i don't think there's much of a place for it because a lot of our ordeals have to deal with multiple like large groups of people especially if you like you're into business or music like that a lot of your dominance in that area is dependent on how you can sway people. Sorry, guys, there's a fighter jet going by. But um, a lot of that, a lot of your dominance in that field is based on how you can sway people. If the people still like you, it's heavily dependent on that. And like, I'm, a, I'm more on the introverted side to it, where I don't want that attention. But like, if you want to be in those places like if that's your goal you got to get used to that and because of that you really have to be in 
in tune with your emotions. I'm not the most in tune, I can say that, and that's something I really want to work on over the summer. I'm quick to, like, throw them out the window and get what I have to get done. It's not necessarily the best option, but it's the one that's worked thus far. Uh, I'd at least say it's best if you can express them in an endearing way because unfortunately you know we're all strong men and women and strong people out here but the world is pussy we all have our own talents but all in all the world wants us you know at least in there's a big push in social engineering, social media, in like government services, and even when it is helpful, for us to, you know, hamper down, fill out the forms and hope that somebody's gonna help us. And I'm not saying don't go look for help, do it by yourself. I want to say start being more strategic, you know. If you really want something, it, it's still a go-out-and-get-it world. It has its, its, There's different nuances to it all now. But that concept will always, at least now, it, it stayed the same. You never... You can look for the help of the people that you trust and the people that you want to you you ultimately believe can benefit what you're trying to do friends family colleagues but it starts with beginning with an ambition what i've learned is that once you start other people will follow but you need to start you can't just be bringing up the idea you know let's do this let's do this 99% of the time, we're not all going to start in unison. You're going to have some people to just pick up on it. They're like, oh, you're really doing it. You know, that's cool. How can I help out? But it all starts with learning how to handle the emotions of it. Learning how to deal with people. Learning how to deal with yourself. Most of all, because, you know, being a leader is not necessarily about making decisions, but being able to manage everyone's ego, even your own. To be truly an effective leader. In the most non-biased way. But in some aspects, and this is not a, this is not like a. An answer or some wisdom to give you because I don't even know myself. There's, I, and I know some people. If you feel this way, subscribe. But you know, let's say you started a project or you're doing something with you know, you got a band of people on your passion project or whatever, and you guys are working to create something huge, and you were the one that started it. Sometimes you have your own like passions or desires that you wanted to see for it. And push for them heavily, you know. 
especially if you, you originated the idea and you have people helping you out with it to do it and it's not like a co-founding situation, yo, push for your ideas, man. In some type of capacity. But make sure that, you know, everybody can get theirs and that's what is the imperfect factor of being a leader. You know, no, I don't think any leader can really be perfect because they all, you know, there's something that they desire as well. Or at least like in our common ideology of a leader, you know, a lot of people would think it's selfless. Think like these billionaires. They worked their asses off for 20, 30 years to get where they are. And now people ask them to give back because they have these millions. And while they have like a, they have, they have an exuberant amount of Goomba bucks. They, they were, they put in the early work. The early work was the one, the stuff that you didn't see. As charitable as LeBron is like. LeBron was put into that work in high school that we will never see you know he had a tough upbringing and he had demons on his shoulders that he was trying to get away from he he worked for it uh the late great Kobe he he worked for it bro like he worked to be able to talk shit on the court Hopefully, I, I don't really want to talk shit. I just want to, you know, goof around a little bit, have fun, but still encourage everybody to, you know, be them be- their best selves. It's not about necessarily being the best out of everyone else. Just be the best you. So, to man with game and about his situation, like, he, I don't know, it, it reminded me a lot of me, like, growing up, not being the the it guy, or, like, not even that, I was just, I always got jeers and comments about myself, that's because I was that, I was that weird kid, I was always out there doing some different shit, I was never what the crowd was on, partly because I had strict parents, and I was always wondering what my mom would do. Partly because I just wasn't that interested in it. I would be like, yo, all right, cool. But I also watched anime then, so a different era. That was back when anime was taboo. But, you know, I I wouldn't say I always got brought down, but you definitely get a lot of jokes. I remember in high school... Everybody thought I was a pothead. I wasn't. Uh, they also thought I was a plug. Never sold at all. And then it, it kind of like carried, and they all, it, it eventually turned a thing where a lot of people could think that like I just wasn't up to much. Like I was just out here goofing around in class, laughing around, making jokes causing mischief with teachers but the reality of it was I was bored I was really bored <laughs> I had nothing else to do because like like I said I had to go home knock out my work 
go play some video games. In middle school, I don't think I could play video games, so I was either hiding to go play them or watching a whole bunch of TV and YouTube, getting myself into watching stuff like Californication. I vouch for it. Or a whole lot of YouTube, watching like 4 year Entertainment and whatnot. Uh, it allowed me to develop my own, my own little wave of things. It's still stuff I do to this day for the most part and it helped me develop like a consistent behavior I got comfortable with being who I was I in high school I eventually like I was really uh, I want to say I was anti-social but like if you saw me in public I wasn't gonna talk to you like dude you know me from school you don't know me but I had to get a little bit more sociable and stuff like that I started, especially like going to college soon. I just wanted to be able to make new friends. I went to a school of 57 people. And as I got to college, like, it was easy to integrate because I had already, I was so ready for that moment to not be around like the same 50 people all the time. Also, I remember my boys, it was just like, I know everybody in this hallway. And now that I had the chance to meet new people, I, I guess I, it just it just blossomed. And now people don't even think I'm an introvert. But shit, I created a podcast and I'm here talking solo to myself. Um, it brought me down for a while. But soon it assimilated my character. And back to Man With Game, it really... He resonated with me because I, it was as if some people were, you know, jeering him, telling him he couldn't do this, or he just wasn't, like, why are you focused on these type of things? Why are you talking about, yo, you know, reading books, whatnot, mandate, mandate? You know, I already know UK people are ruthless. And probably as a young lad that got to him, and he really wanted to show people that, like, what's up? that he really had his P's and Q's together when he really needed to. But, you know, he used that rage and turned it into something beautiful. He was able to profit off of it and create a community around it. But at some point, you know, and this would be my final point, you can't let that, You once you're in that zone, you gotta, you gotta like, I guess you, you have to be more tactical how you do things because everybody's eyes are on you and you have to keep that same edge but you can't let everybody see that edge all the time because it's off-putting and it's almost like having a a fair just leader with like a tyrannical dark side to him that you never saw but truth be told, that's the that's the edge and that's the defense that you need to be able to, you know, keep whatever you got going on for yourself. Especially if, you know, you owned it, you you built it from the ground up, you're going to want to stand your ground to defend it and keep it on your, you know, keep that asset, keep that business, keep the, keep whatever it is, keep your girl, keep your guy. 
but it can be off-putting when that person you're trying to protect or, you, you know, trying to reach out to sees it because they didn't know what it took to or what happened to said person that got them to that point to really, they, they got that edge, the pain they went through, the commitment, how, how seriously they did. Because at the end of the day, they weren't you. They're the guy that's just listening. And unless they, they eventually got to that point where they wanted to build something, they will never understand it. The only other person is the person that's fighting you for it. That will get why you're like that. So with that said, love your enemies as your friend. They have more in common with you than you think. This has been another episode of OWN. I'm telling you guys, if you enjoyed this, if you got any nuggets of wisdom out of this, leave a review, subscribe, go on the Instagram page at ohm.podcast follow that leave a like share with some friends man I'm gonna have a lot more like these I'm gonna get a little bit more topics with that said I'll see you guys in two weeks